1: Listener discretion is advised. In this week's episode, we are going to take a look at two bizarre and brutal mass murders that both happened in the 1980s in the American Midwest. Despite the notoriety of these cases, they were cold for decades. The first mass murder that we're going to talk about happened in the middle of May 1983. The number one song was "Beat It" by Michael Jackson from his mega smash album, Thriller. In 1983, Terry Ann Dunning was 28 years old. She had two daughters, four-year-old Kimberly and 20-month-old Donna. Terry and her two daughters lived in a fifth-story apartment with Terry's boyfriend, Michael Davis, on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Davis was in the Army Reserves and in May 1983, he was stationed at Fort Bennington in Georgia. On the night of May 18th, 1983, Terry was at home with her daughters. Two of her nieces, 8-year-old Michelle Watkins and 7-year-old Tiffany Dunning, were also over that night. At about 10.30 p.m., neighbors heard a commotion and some screaming coming from the apartment. But no one called the police. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: The next morning, Cassandra Dunning, who is the mother of 7-year-old Tiffany Dunning, called a neighbor of Terry's. She asked the neighbor to go check on Terry and the children. The neighbor got into the apartment and she found the dead body of 28-year-old Terry Dunning. The neighbor told Cassandra that her sister had been murdered and then she called the police. Cassandra then made her way to Tiffany's school. When Cassandra arrived at the school, she told Tiffany's teacher that her sister, Terry, had been killed and Tiffany had spent the night at her home. The teacher instantly became concerned because Tiffany was in class that day. The teacher went to the office and called one of Cassandra's aunts. The aunt confirmed that Terry had been murdered. Hours later, the teacher found out that unfortunately, Terry was not the only victim. 8-year-old Michelle Watkins, 7-year-old Tiffany Dunning, and 4-year-old Kimberly Dunning had also been murdered. 20-month-old Donna Dunning, Terry's youngest child, had been struck in the face, but she was still alive and her injuries were non-life-threatening. All the victims had been stabbed multiple times and beat with an unusual object. The police thought it was a military trenching tool. The girls had been beaten so severely that some of their teeth were found scattered around the room. One detective said that the crime scene looked like a combat zone. Terry's body was fully clothed and her body was in the hallway. The girls were found in a bedroom and they were dressed in their pajamas. The police concluded that the killer broke in through the front door of the apartment. There was a struggle between Terry and the killer. He killed her, or at least incapacitated her, and then killed the children. The police found the knife in the apartment, but the blunt object was missing. It appeared that the killer washed up in the sink and tried to mop up some of the blood. There was a trail of blood that led to the front door. Terry, her two daughters, and her two nieces all had Type A negative blood. The trail of blood leading to the door was tested. It was Type B positive blood. The police concluded that the killer cut himself during the attack and left a trail of blood as he exited the building. The police had several suspects in the case. A person who was quickly ruled out as a suspect was Terry's boyfriend, Michael Davis. Davis was not in the state when the murders happened and he cooperated with the investigators. Unfortunately, no arrests were made in the case. It wasn't long before the case was cold. 1983 was a bloody year in Chicago. There were 729 murders, which is an average of two every day. But the investigators never forgot the murders of Terry Dunning, her daughter, and her two nieces. In 2002, the case was reopened. The killer's blood sample had degraded, but luckily, experts were still able to create a profile. The police then developed a list of 30 possible suspects... It checked if they had alibis. This included their top suspect at the time of the murders. His name was Roy Parker. Roy was a drug user and a gang member. Roy was a suspect for several reasons. He did not have an alibi for the time of the murders. He knew Terry's boyfriend, Michael Davis, and he knew that Davis was out of the state at the time of the murders. Roy apparently had made sexual advances on Terry, and she turned him down. A military excavating tool was believed to have been one of the murder weapons, and Roy was known to keep a military excavating tool in his vehicle. The morning after the murders, Roy showed up at his girlfriend's home, and he had a fresh cut on his thumb. The police questioned Roy, and he said he cut his thumb stealing copper gutters. He was given a polygraph exam, and he passed. So he was never charged, but he was the least suspect in the case. In 1996, Roy Parker died from multiple organ failure. None of the articles used to write this podcast indicated Roy Parker's age when he died, or his age when the murders were committed. The police approached Roy's brother, Bennett Parker, and asked him for a sample of his DNA. Bennett agreed and he gave them a sample of his DNA. A test on Bennett's DNA made the experts 99.98% sure that the killer was his sibling. When it was determined that the killer was most likely Bennett's sibling, it was wintertime so Roy Parker's body could not be exhumed. After the snow melted on March 2nd, 2004, the body was exhumed. Investigators took bone and tissue samples. From that, they created a DNA profile and compared it to the killer's DNA. It was a match. Since Roy Parker was already dead, the police couldn't ask why he slaughtered Terry Dunning and the three young girls. It's possible that he was jealous or he was angry that Terry had spurned his advances. But if that's the case, then why did he kill the children as well? Another theory regarding the motive behind the mass murder was related to a drug debt. Investigators thought that someone close to Terry may have owed a debt and she and the kids were brutally murdered to send a message to that person but the real motive may never be known. After Roy Parker's DNA was linked to the crime scene, the police declared that the mass murder was finally closed after 21 years. Drakesville is a small town in southeast Iowa. It's about 15 miles from the Iowa-Missouri border. In the mid-1980s, it had a population of about 200 people. One of those people was Justin Hook. Hook lived in a mobile home in a rural part of the town. He moved into the mobile home after his grandfather died. The lot had several junk cars on it. Hook first got married when he was 16 and the marriage produced a son. But they were divorced just over three years later, in early 1984. In the spring of 1984, Hook was dating Tina Lade, who lived in nearby Ottumwa, Iowa. On April 10th, 1984, Hook turned 20. Lade was also born on April 10th, but she was a year younger than Hook. On their birthdays, Hook and Lade got engaged. They were planning on getting married in January. On April 11th, 1984, Blade's mother dropped her off at Hook's trailer. The next evening, Hook went to the grocery store alone. A woman dropped him off at his mobile home at around 5.30. Hours later, at 8 p.m., someone driving by the mobile home saw that it was on fire and they called the fire department. The fire was put out and the fire department did not find any bodies inside of it. It was later determined that the cause of the fire was arson. The next afternoon, at around 4.30 p.m., a man was walking around Hook's property. Behind a shed, not far from the burnt-out shell of the mobile home, He found the dead body of a young man. The body had street clothes on. He had died after he was struck in the head several times. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Enjoy the show.
1: The blunt object. It's not known what was used to kill him. Two hours after the body was found, a man named Rex Link arrived at Hook's property. Rex was Hook's stepfather. He identified the dead body as his stepson, 20-year-old Justin Hook. Rex told the police that he lived with Hook's mother, 41-year-old Sarah Link. Rex explained that the night before, he went to work an overnight shift. His shift started at 11 p.m., which is about three hours after the passerby discovered Hook's mobile home was on fire. When Rex left for work, Sarah was at home. When he arrived home the next morning, Sarah wasn't there, and he hadn't seen or heard from her all day. The police also tried to get in contact with Hook's fiancée, Tina Laid. But no one had seen or heard from her since she was dropped off at Hook's trailer the day before the fire. Four days after the fire, a farmer found the dead body of a woman beside a logging road. The body was about 15 miles northeast of Hook's trailer. It was determined to be the dead body of Hook's mother, 41-year-old Sarah Link. She was wearing a jacket and a nightgown. Her shoes were not on her feet. One shoe was found about 10 feet from her body and the other was about 15 feet away. It is thought that she lost them as she was running. Like her son, Sarah had been beaten to death with an unknown object. The police began to search the area where Sarah's body was found. Two days after her body was found, they found the body of 19-year-old Tina Laid. Her body was in a ravine about half a mile away from where Sarah's body was found. The police believe that all three were killed on the night of April 12th. It's suspected that Hook was killed near his home where his body was found and it was missed by the firefighters. That's because the firefighters had no real reason to look around the property. It's also suspected that Sarah was killed where her body was found because she lost her footwear as she was running away. The police were unsure if Tina Laid was killed where her body was found or if her body was dumped there. Many other questions surrounded the case. For example, what instrument was used to beat all three to death? The murder weapon was never found. Also, what was the motive behind the murders? If it was a home invasion where Hooker laid were the targets, why was Hook's mother, who lived at a different residence, killed as well? There is no evidence that Sarah drove to her son's home. Neither Hook nor Lade could have picked her up because neither of them had a vehicle that worked. Also, Hook was most likely killed before the fire was discovered at 8 p.m. Sarah's husband said she was at home at eleven p.m. when he left for work. Her nightclothes also suggested that she encountered the killer player than Hook and Lade, who were both in their street clothes when they died. But why would the killer beat Hook to death, take his fiancée, either alive or dead, and kidnap Hook's mother hours later, take her to the logging road, and then kill her? The biggest and most important question was, who killed them? The police conducted a massive investigation. Hook's brother was even a suspect in the case, but he was eventually cleared as a suspect. Unfortunately, it wasn't long before the case went cold. Years and then decades went by and no progress was made on the case. Then in 2011, the case was reopened. It turned out that semen had been found inside Tina Laid's genes. Using the semen, a DNA profile was created. In March 2012, the police learned that the DNA matched a man named Andrew Six. Six was 20 years old at the time of the murders. He had been a suspect in the case at the time. Apparently, sometime before the murders, Six and Hook had gotten into an argument over the sale of a car. Six was interviewed and he denied knowing Hook. Shoe prints were found around Sarah Link and Tina Laid's bodies. The police thought that Six's shoes matched the prints. But the police did not feel like they had enough evidence to charge Andrew Six with a triple homicide. After the DNA was matched to Six, the police continued to work on the case for nearly two years. Then in January 2014, nearly three decades after the brutal mass murder, the police announced that they were closing the case. They concluded that Andrew Six worked alone when he killed 20-year-old Justin Hook, his 41-year-old mother, Sarah Link, and his fiancée, 19-year-old Tina Laid. Unfortunately, a lot of questions were left unanswered, like why Hook's mother was killed. The police could not ask Andrew Six about the murders or prosecute him, because he had died 15 years before his DNA was connected to the murders. The circumstances that led to Six's death happened nearly three years to the day of the mass murder. It was April 10, 1987, which would have been Justin Hook's 23rd birthday and Tina Lade's 22nd birthday. 22 year old Andrew Six and his uncle, 49 year old Don Petrie, went to the home of 55 year old Don Allen. And his 46-year-old wife, Janet, who is also called Stella in some sources. They lived in Otumwa, Iowa. The Allens were selling their pickup truck because they needed money for Don's open-heart surgery. Six and Petrie told them that they were interested in buying the truck. Janet went with Six and Petrie for a test drive. She knew Petrie because they had previously lived in the same trailer park. At some point, Six pulled out a knife and a roll of duct tape. They bound Janet's wrist and they drove back to the Allen's mobile home. When they got there, Don Allen was outside. Six and Petrie ordered Don to get into the trailer while Six held a knife to Janet's neck. Don did as he was ordered. Inside the trailer, Petrie bound Don's hands with tape. Then he and Janet were placed in a bedroom and tape was placed over their mouths. Six then got the couple's 12-year-old daughter, Kathy Allen, and brought her into the bedroom. Kathy was bound as well. Six then went into the bedroom of the Allen's 17-year-old daughter, Christine. At the time, Christine was six months pregnant Six raped her. Afterward, Six and Petri tried to get all four family members into Petri's car. Christine and Kathy were placed in the car. As their parents were being led to the vehicle, there was a scuffle and Don and Christine managed to run away. Six slashed the throat of 46-year-old Janet Allen. Then six of Petrie got into the car and drove off with 12-year-old Kathy Allen. Janet was rushed to the hospital. She was in dire shape because her carotid artery had been cut. She received 50 stitches and ultimately survived. The next day, Andrew six and his uncle, Dale Petrie, were arrested near Moscow, Texas. When they were pulled over, they were driving Six's car, which had a bumper sticker that read, I'm the person your mother warned you about. The FBI was involved in the investigation. Agents interviewed the uncle and nephew separately. They told Petrie that Six was probably going to blame everything on him. So Petrie confessed to his involvement. What he didn't know was that at six, had refused to talk to FBI agents. Based on Petrie's statements, the police found the body of 12-year-old Kathy Allen in a ditch near Greentop, Missouri, which is about 50 miles from Ottawa. She bled to death after her throat was slit. After a four-day trial in July 1988, 23-year-old Andrew Six was found guilty of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to death. Petri's trial was three days long, and he was also convicted and sentenced to death. Andrew six spent nine years on death row. He was executed on August twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven, at the age of thirty-two, via a lethal injection. Tom Petri died of cancer in May nineteen ninety-eight, at the age of sixty-one. The investigators who worked on the murders of Tina Lade, Sarah Link, and Justin Hook said it was too bad that DNA technology wasn't available when they were killed. If it had been available, they probably would have charged Andrew Six with their murders and 12-year-old Kathy Allen wouldn't have been murdered.